Peter, you can't believe everything you read on the internet. Oh, it's all perfectly legal. Oh my God! Okay, it's happening. Everybody, stay calm. Do you ever just get down on your knees and thank God that you know me and have access to my dementia? Behold my greatest creation, Mac. What is up, everybody? Josh here from Busy Playing Something, and welcome to episode 50. I've just, I've screwed up my intro. I've gone to do as if this was an individual video, not an episode of the podcast. But welcome to Busy Playing Something, uh, everybody. Episode 50, I'm your host for today, Joshua LaRosa, joined as always by the only streams everything, Vincent Candelo. I mean, Sean Harron. Oh, my God. Oh my god! I'll start that again. I don't care. Uh, no, no, it's okay. No, it's okay. We'll roll with it. Um, we're yeah. going to assume that you mean me, since yes. I've been streaming everything. I've been streaming. <laughs> I've been trying to get my microphone working, and I've just realised why I couldn't hear anything is because I had the volume on low. So you had the volume. Okay. Well, now you can hear everything. Great. I'm great to be here. Vinny, You're what sure. about yourself? <laughs> Man, he can hear everything. You stream everything. I'm feeling good to be here. Missing on PS5. So you know how it is. Um, you yeah. everything work. That's it. But how uh, how are you doing, Josh? I'm good. I think I've just grown, grown accustomed to the last few videos we've done on YouTube. So if you haven't done that already, go check out our YouTube channel at Busy Playing Something. We put up some individual videos up on the page. But I always start that because it's just generally me talking to a camera. It's Josh from Busy Playing Something. And that's just what jumped into my mind. But this is episode 50. So we've hit a milestone. We're halfway through to 100. So thank you. To everyone who's watching live in the chat, who's followed us on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook. Uh, as always, we are busy playing something. We are somewhat of a video game podcast. You can find us on podcast feeds live on Twitch every Thursday at 7.30. Obviously. 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 Yeah, we just, you know, how many how many times have we missed that joke? Oh, we'll get I'll it eventually. We'll, do we'll get it eventually. <laughs> but I'm great. I'm, I'm going, okay, work's been... It's just been an insane week. We met with the priest yesterday. Things are happening. We're working on vows. I've got to do this and I've got to rehearsals and do confession. That's, and... Where, you, that's where your mind's at. Your, your mind's not on what's happening with video games this week. No, no. no that's not. Yeah, well, I, I was before we walked in to saw the priest. I was on Twitter. I'm like, oh, I wonder what's happened. And Naomi's like, can you focus? I'm like, okay, okay. But I have been well. Sean, what about you? What have you been up to? Yeah, uh, not too much at the moment. Um, so just trucking along every day. I've getting through a lot of uh, cleaning up around the house. So, uh, you know, the usual stuff that you kind of miss when you're working and all that. So like, you know, mopping the floors and, uh, and doing the vacuuming. Uh, mm -hmm. I'm going through a whole bunch of old stuff and I've just gone through like some cardboard boxes and they've got all like the collector's editions and special editions of games. Oh, and wow. so, yeah, it's things like the Halo Reach for 360, like this big, thick uh, box with like a bunch of stuff in it or like Gears of War 2 has a, uh, an art book. So I've, I've got all that sort of like settled in piles of consoles and now I've got to figure out whether or not I'm going to, you know, keep them or throw them or display them. I'm not sure yet. So that, that that's my current job at the moment. Mm. Vinny, what yeah. about you? What have you been up to? Uh, I feel like I haven't spoken to you over the last few days. Yeah, true. It's been a while. You know, I've been uh, doing rehab on my knee. As you guys mm. know, last week did my knee. Uh, six weeks, I'll be back on the court. So that's pretty exciting. No, no ACLs, no meniscuses. And it's good. I've been um doing some decluttering as well, Sean. So I've uh thinking yeah. about putting some stuff on eBay, selling my Amiibos, as Josh would call them, the uh, Nintendo Amiibos, and then some Time other stuff like some. Are you, are you selling them? Yeah, they're not bringing okay. me. 
Did I bring me any value or any? I've got a big box of the Amiibos all taken out of their boxes. And then I've got three boxes at my parents' place full of all the boxed ones. Yeah, see, I'm so, I'm selling all my sealed ones. I don't okay. have I have unboxed ones. I have like three in my computer right now, and then I have like a couple on display back there. And then I'm selling some Power Rangers because, you know, you got to sell some seasons that you don't appreciate. Mm, mm. Uh, like, Zio you know, is there, isn't it? Yeah, Zio. It's a 30th anniversary <laughs> for Zio as well. Or no, sorry, get out of here. It's a good time. The the price is high. The stocks are high. But mm. yeah, that's what's been going on with me. I haven't really been gaming too much. But if we're going to talk about games, jump right into it. Started playing Super Mario Odyssey for the first time. Mm. So I'm loving it. Um, Kavalu has taken me Wait, like four years. for the years. first time? Yeah, for the first time. Yeah, I know, right? Okay. It, okay. It came out when I was in Canada. And so I was like, I'll buy it when I get back. And then I got it for Christmas this year. So I finally started playing it. Um, wow. Yeah. yeah, I know, right? Wows. Wows. Uh, another thing was I have, uh, as of Friday, Saturday, I am uninstalling League from my computer and I will be going League free for 30 days. Are you doing it for like some sort of charity or? <laughs> oh, no, it, should, it should be, it should be a busy place. So, like by detox, I'll just be weaning there, being like scratching my arm, being like, I need that fixed. But it's more because I feel like uh, League takes up too much of my free time and there's other things I want to be doing with it, like playing other games or mm exercising more and doing more rehab on my knee all that stuff so it's more like a it's a point oh. it's a distraction that i don't need in may or in june so it's gonna, gonna be, be may mm. it's gonna be may i gotta watch all the star wars in may because it's star wars month that's what i gotta do you're incredible you know it's funny i was before we went live i was talking about how i went back and watched a few episodes and i was is in as much shock as i am now about mario odyssey you mentioned that it was Spider-Man that you hadn't played. And I was like, what, what, what is going on? What world are we living in? Just an enigma, you know, mm. but that's mm. what's going on with me in the gaming world. Oh, I played Christ tales as well. The demo that was free on the switch. That was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. I think I might actually pick up that RPG. That actually looks super interesting. Um, but yeah, that, uh, yeah, yeah that's pretty much, pretty much me. <laughs> Um, what about yeah. who's what about you, Josh? You I've been playing, playing nothing, I haven't been playing anything. Um, I've just been waiting for Returnal, and we're going to talk about our hype levels leading into that, uh, probably in the next little bit. But for me, it's just been just I think because I spend so much time like looking and reading about games, sometimes I do. I'm like you, I need to step back and not just be forever staring at my screen because I, I'm just forever <laughs> on this desk. But, um, let's move. Shall we move on to the uh, our first topic of conversation? Do, do, you, do you want me to talk about what yeah. I'm playing? Yeah. Oh, do we not talk about it? Sorry. I am all I'm a bit of shambles today, so I do apologize. Sean, sorry. No, that's all right. Um, so I've actually been, been playing a lot of games uh, over the last week or so. So to put them through, so I started off with Maquette. So Maquette, Maquette was, yep, Maquette. So it was the free game for PlayStation Plus a couple of months mm-hmm. ago, a puzzle game, and it's all about, like, differentiation of um of spaces and sizes of objects so for example you might have a key and you'll see like a little model and there's like a a basically a broken bridge and you can put the key connecting the two pieces and then you can walk outside of like the little tent or the maquette that you're in and you are inside a larger version of it and you can cross that actual bridge 
Mm. So it's like, it's all about that depth perception. And uh, I, I really enjoyed it. So I played through that. It's a nice little story about a, about a couple breaking up. Breaking so that, up. Yeah, that was great fun. Yeah, good times. Um, <laughs> the story was a bit like forced, didn't? Because I played it as well. And, yeah. and I was like, oh, they're really pushing this story aspect of this game in a, in a game I wouldn't think you need that much story. And it's like, I, okay. I think it was, it was a good story to tell. Um, and the puzzles kind of, it was different, but it made you think outside the box, uh, literally in some instances. Mm-hmm. Uh, the thing that got me yeah. with it was the music. Some of the tunes just didn't quite hit at the right times. It's like, you, you know, you've just had a breakup, then all of a sudden it's like country music. It's like, well, hang on a second. What's going on here? Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, that, that was like the little off thing, but otherwise a good game, uh, especially for those who have PlayStation Plus. It's free. Uh, well, it was free a couple of months ago. Was uh, free. I played through Maneater. I uh, got uh-huh. the platinum for that. Um, also it, PlayStation Plus game. Yeah, so yeah, I'm starting to go through some PlayStation Plus games and and go through those PlayStation games so I can sell them and I don't have to look at them again. Um, so Maneater was one of them. Uh, Spyro Three, I finished that, platinumed it today. Uh, so did that on stream, obviously. And two other games that I'm playing is Bully. So I've gone back to Bully, and going oh, through wow. some 360 games, and yeah. I never played Bully. It was it was the one like Rockstar game that I didn't like at least try. Mm. So now I'm the same. getting into it and it's okay um having to go between classes and all that sort of stuff is a little bit like you know it, you want to do the missions but instead it's like oh but it's better if i go to the classes because then i get upgrades uh and lastly uh pokemon shield may as well finish it <laughs> that's just such you're a disappointing in... way to round it off you're like pokemon you're shield. in the mood i yeah. appreciate it like there is times where you're in like a mode and you're just like bang bang i just want to get things done I've and they're the right that. games to finish they're all quite short um, maybe except for Pokemon Shield. But yeah, like they're yeah. all quite short games you can finish fairly quickly. Um, but let's move on. And I wanted to talk about something not video game related. And that was the Falcon and Winter Soldier Disney Plus series that aired this month. Six episodes, I think about 45 minutes each. We've all had a chance to watch it. We are going to keep this uh, as spoiler-free as possible. But let's, I thought we'd change it up for episode 50. Let's start by not talking about video games and uh, console wars and all that fun stuff and what's happening with Bethesda exclusives. Instead, we're going to talk about Disney and, like I said, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. So you guys have both finished the series, correct? Correct. Yep. All right. Before we go through, maybe we can talk about some of the things we liked and didn't like. What's your overall, uh, firstly, what was your expectations going in? Uh, have you seen WandaVision? Did that kind of help guide your expectations? And were those expectations met? Vinny, I'll start with you. Uh, I thought it was, I had really high expectations for it because um, I think A, Sebastian Stan and uh, Anthony Mackie are like really good combo of characters, like ever since um, Civil War and then like all their times through the Avengers, you kind of see their banter back and forth and how they're supposed to be, you know, two Cap's best friends from different times. And yeah, I was really excited to see their dynamic, which I wasn't disappointed in, but overall as the show as a whole, it was okay. I think it was, I liked it better than WandaVision only because I liked those characters more, I think. I think WandaVision overall had a better story. Mm. But yeah, that was uh, that was my opinion of it. Short and sweet. Short and cool. sweet. Hmm. Speaking what, uh... of short and sweet, Sean, what about you? <laughs> Thanks. Um, <laughs> so I didn't like it as much as WandaVision. I, I did prefer the story to WandaVision. I did feel as though that did drag on in some areas. Um, Winter Soldier and Falcon it didn't have enough time to kind of drag along. You were going point to point to point. So I think like my biggest thought about it is as a film, 
I'm not sure it would have had the same amount of impact as a TV show. I think it did, um, especially with Walker coming in. Um, and I won't go into too many details about that, but having that extra character and all that sort of stuff, overall the story was okay. And it is that roundabout way. And um, WandaVision dealt a lot with grief. And uh, I think that Captain Falcon Winter Soldier is about acceptance almost mm-hmm. yeah. or like accepting responsibility. So it, it's good that they're coming out with these sorts of messages uh, for these TV shows. It'll be interesting to see what they do with Loki and whether or not that's going to be like another six parter that's going to kind of go bang, bang, bang. Or is it going to be a little bit more drawn out like WandaVision was? Yeah. And I think I'm, I'm in the more of the Sean camp. I think I preferred WandaVision to, to this show. Um, and I think the reason for it was, I think with WandaVision, I was left with a lot more of like right at the end of the episode, like, Oh, I can't believe they're ending it there. And like, what, what does this mean? And the whole, um, Quicksilver and, you know, the Fox integration that we thought was happening that left a lot of people freaking out in the moment. Right. Because, um, we didn't know what was happening. And I think the villain in, in WandaVision was clearly Agatha was, you know, she's lived on in memes forever now. And uh, I just don't think that this show had a strong villain. So that kind of impacted it for me. But I appreciate what the show was try- like trying to do. Like I know it was hit by COVID really affected the, the production of this show and they actually had to edit scenes and, and change kind of the story on the fly because a lot of it was about a vaccine and a, and a virus and all that. So that was all completely rewritten. What they did with... Um, race and with the Isaiah, uh, Isaiah Bradley um, yeah. character I thought was really well done and that whole uh, Captain Falcon becoming, you know, trying to accept to become Captain America kind of storyline that, that the show is trying to lay out was done really well. But I just think some of the uh, Winter Soldier stuff was a bit, like the first episode set it up, he's really grieving, you know, he's sleeping on the floor, he's crying, he's with, you know, with that older gentleman at the sushi bar and then it kind of just stops and then it kind of picks back up episode five and six and he's all happy again but there wasn't no real resolution there do you guys agree with that or am i maybe off pace there i don't want to get into too many spoilers uh but there was a like there was a period of time because you've got to think that this is somebody who's coming who's gone through basically pdsd and then going through therapy and they've got that trauma already from you know their previous assignments and all that sort of stuff through the red book and and all that Mm -hmm. so that his character development was all about basically letting go. Mm. And through some of the episodes, especially the middle episodes, he's able to see it from a bystander and basically be, I was in that position and I was, and like, I can see how that pathway is going to end up if I continue on the path I'm on now. So I need to let go. Yeah. I think that that the character development was definitely there, but he, he wasn't the main focus of the show no yeah he wasn't he wasn't uh what were some standouts or some highlights Vinny, from the show that you know really stuck with you after you finished watching i really liked the i say but there was a couple of training montages involving the shield that i really enjoyed um yeah and then a couple of uh who one fights and then everyone said it was like the darkest scene in uh marvel history which i don't think i agree with but it was pretty interesting seeing um one scene take place involving a shield. Ah, yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. Which yeah. was like, it was, it was pretty good. Like that was like, I did not mm. expect that, but it was, mm. it was pretty good. Like when, when I, that episode ended, I was like, that was good. That's uh what's the character's name? I should know. Um, uh, da, 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 uh, John Walker. John, John Walker. Walker. Yes. Yeah. Wyatt Russell. 
Yes. 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 Yeah, I, I um again, like I feel like they really set him up at the end of episode one, you're kind of like, oh my god, they you know, they're doing it. And then I don't want to again, it's hard to talk about without spoiling it, but I just feel like his arc was kind of he was set up to be more than he ended up being. And I know it probably finished on a point because they wanted to leave it on a high, so then they can maybe bring him back down in a potential sequel or a movie. They've already announced that they're doing Captain American 4. But I just felt like they set him up and the build up to a point where he became a certain character was really intrig- was really interesting. And then he had that breaking moment. And then it was like, happy Larry on the last episode. I'm like, oh, okay, I guess you're a good guy uh, again. There's, there's a bit more to it. I think I have to explain it to you afterwards. Yeah. Um, but he, so his, char- so his character, um, like his arc is, it's all about like expectation and trying to fill the shoes before. Yes. And yeah. so one of the key themes that people have had ever since, you know, Captain America passed on the shield is, you know, how is somebody going to fill those shoes? And, but yeah, and take the mantle. And basically the biggest argument that you can really come at that is it doesn't matter how good they are on the field. They need to be a good person. Yeah. And that's kind of the takeaway where you, you're like, okay, well, if somebody needs to fill it, but they don't have that one thing, they're never going to make it. Mm. Yeah. That's why we get what we get. And then we've got the Zemo dance. And then that again, will live on as a meme. meme infamy. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, All right. Anything else you want to touch on it before we uh, jump across? Um, yeah, I got a couple of things in the in the chat. Uh, one for Josh. Josh, what's Bastion mm-hmm. Hollow's real name? I think he means uh, Hollow Bastion from Kingdom Hearts. And if so, that's Radiant Garden. I don't think Bastion Hollow's is a thing other than that. Um, and then someone from Super Curly one. Excuse me, I don't mean to be that guy, but I'm going to complain about your stream. It's named wrong. It should be called Awesome at Busy Playing Something because you're all awesome. Thank and you. you're all a rainbow in the rain. Oh, look at that. <laughs> Still <laughs> raining. Fan of rainbows. <laughs> yeah. And uh, what was your first video game? Mine was my first Persona, video game. Mine was Persona 4 Golden, for sure. Uh, my first video game was the actual first video game, and that was Uncharted Lost Legacy. Sorry, Uncharted Golden Abyss. Yes. Golden Abyss. Abyss. Tony Bend. Lost Legacy. Come on, dude. No, no, no. <laughs> and Sean, uh, one of my first ones was Soul Sacrifice. Ah, yes. A good one. A good one. Hard to find these days. Hard to find. Yeah, still got it. All right. Let's move on to what will forever be known as the Shoe Report. Shoe hey, let us change our name. There you go. All right, beautiful. (laughs) We've got a total of uh, three news items to cover. So just to kind of go through what we will be talking about today. Um, PlayStation held their kind of Chinese press conference today. We saw some gameplay in Lost Souls aside. So we're going to discuss that. Microsoft and Sony both held their quarter three earnings call. So we're going to go through some of the key information about that. But what's really exciting, uh, we're going to end the show doing our famous or infamously known uh, predictions. And we're going to start with Microsoft this week and give three predictions each for their E3 press conference. But like I said, let's start with our first news story. And that is China makes a play in the AAA space. So what started off as a tech demo created by one man, Lost Souls Aside has grown into a third-person hack-and-slash RPG developed by a team of 30-plus developers. Its creator, Yang Bing, was then approached by Sony, resulting in the uh, formation of UltiZero Games. This week, the team shared 17 minutes of gameplay, which I believe is now on the screen. Vinny, is that correct? It is correct. Now? Now. Beautiful. So... 
In addition to that, Sony hosts what they call the China Hero Project, and it's a program based uh, to support Chinese developers in the AAA space on PlayStation. So Sony would actually come to a lot of these team teams, give them some guidance on how to, you know, form a AAA game. Uh, this is backed by Epic Games as well. And, yeah, we've seen a few games come out of this. We've seen Black Myth Wukong, which we saw earlier this year that people were super hyped about. But then, again, this Lost Souls aside game, which is now confirmed uh, to be a PS5 game. So what was your guys' overall thoughts looking at this gameplay trailer or this gameplay demo? Vinny, I'll start with you. Uh, I would say it is uh, the main character, if that's what we're going to call it, looks like... Looks like Noctis, crossed with Virgil, mm-hmm. crossed with Dante, crossed with Bayonetta. It's just like mm-hmm. all the hype in one character is what I would say. Um, it looks super clean. Like, yeah. classic action RPG, you know, is set in somewhat... It's also like sci-fi medieval. I don't really know what's the term for it, but, you know, like, same like Final Fantasy VII, where it's like, they got technology, but they... But it's still set in, like, Midgar. Yeah, it's it's that hybrid where it's like it's advanced tech, of... like alchemy yeah. kind of thing. Yep. Um, but yeah, gameplay looks awesome. It's it's I know it's probably because we don't have it because it's a demo, but I liked that there was actually no HUD display whatsoever. It made yeah. it look more cinematic. Um, obviously they're just doing that because once again they don't have all that stuff figured out. But yeah, the main character that's all I could say it looks like Noctis cross Bayonetta cross with Dante cross with Virgil, and the game looks like a hack and slash kind of like a combo system building up ramping up almost going up to s rank some might say mm. but um that is my initial thoughts on it uh, what about you sean so this is the first game made by this team yeah. yes yeah started off as one guy he made a tech demo and then yeah exactly and, and then team of i think it's about 30 plus developers or something like yeah, that's crazy yeah so this is this is a project that started small it's starting to gain momentum uh it looks really good. If you if you were to purchase something like this in the store, you you wouldn't be disappointed necessarily by the gameplay from what we've seen so far. Mm-hmm. And I think it goes to show that, you know, we haven't really tapped into the Chinese market, especially like in terms of global video games and all that sort of stuff. When we talk global, we're talking Japan, we're talking Europe, we're talking America. That's yeah. basically it. But now, you know, we're starting to see from the Chinese, which is one of the largest markets available, uh, exactly like you know a product coming from there and how that's going to you know come out to basically western games uh gamers that's really intriguing i like i, I want to see how well this game actually does if it does release here yeah and i'm in the exact same boat i think it looks really cool i remember seeing the the trailer back in 2018 i think it was part of um sony's press conference or one of their showings at the time and it's interesting to see Sony play in this Chinese space because I don't I don't know if you guys know, but China actually banned consoles from 2000 to 2014. You yeah. couldn't actually sell a consoles in the home market there. They used to have kind of homebrew ones. That's the way they used to get around it back in the day. So, and, and to Sean's point, China is an untapped market. Primarily their focus is PC and mobile games, clearly mm-hmm. because they haven't really had a console space. And we've seen that with, um, what's the- Genshin Impact. Genshin Impact and, and that's transition. And, that, and that's an important thing to keep in mind. People, you know, iOS or phone game, they think small, but we're at a point now where phone games can play like a AAA game. But I think this is smart for maybe uh, PlayStation to kind of get in there. They're launching the console this May and highlight these developers and give them some guidance because if they haven't had a AAA space and they didn't have consoles for the longest time, they're not going to know how to work on a console. They're not going to know 
you know, all the little intricate things you need to do to get a game out. So they have confirmed this game is now a PS5 game. It, it was initially shown as a PS4 game. But, yeah, I think it looks really cool. It, it, to your point, it's a combination of... First thing that jumps into your mind, like Final Fantasy 15, um, yeah. and then mixed with, say, like a Devil May Cry. Uh, but I, I'm liking, you know, we, we often get games set in you know, fantasy worlds, but there's a lot of lore in in Chinese history that we just don't see, and that's purely based on the, us not getting a lot of their games. So I think I think this game, in combination of Black Myth Wukong, if they can finish them and like this is a super polished tech demo, but you know what's the whole game going to look like? There's not a lot of NPCs on the screen. There's no hard. There's a lot not there. But if they can have this quality that that's on this trailer or this gameplay demo playable and you know for 10 15 hours or whatever it may be this is a great entry point for the chinese market and if they can get that to western societies as well it's just going to blow up even more yeah what do you think i think the fact that it's um developed by unreal as well uh, at least running on unreal engine is uh yeah obviously epic game store implying that this might eventually come to pc might do the the horizon zero treatment Mm. a couple of years after it sells all it can on the um ps5 jump to another console, jump to PC, jump to something else. But, yeah, you know, we've seen Unreal Engine, we see how good it can be, and it's only getting better, really. Um, and the fact that, like I said, the fact that it's done on Unreal allows for that versatility of this game and what it can do and where it will spawn and where it will go. Who knows, it could, knowing the Chinese market could even come to mobile. Potentially, right? And Hot that's tech. how Unreal is pretty versatile in that sense. Uh, Sean, what about you? Do you think, like, do you agree? Obviously, it's a, an easy answer on this, but it's a smart play for kind of PlayStation to go into this market that's untapped and go, well, how many how many people play games in China and on PC and mobile? Like, let's bring this over. Let's guide these guys. Um, do you do you see China becoming like another Japan in terms of its AAA output in say the next five ten years? Well, it's interesting that you mentioned like, is this going to be another Japan? I think this was almost one of the only moves that PlayStation could do at the moment in order to garner more interest. Like, they're already looking at Western markets. They're not really paying much attention to Japan at the moment. Like, they're, they're doing little bits here and there with indie, but and primarily they're, they're pushing Western markets, and we know that now. Yeah. So it makes a lot of sense for them to move to China as an untapped market and try and get in first. And chances are with the Chinese markets, they're going to work better with Sony which is a Japanese company, than they are with, say, Microsoft or Xbox, which were American. Yeah. So I feel like th this is the opportunity opportunity for them on a silver platter. So, yeah, I am not surprised that they've taken it and run with it. Um, I think it's a really good choice for them at the moment, but uh, I guess we'll see whether or not, you know, that relationship is going to bear more fruits uh, in the coming years. Yeah. And uh, we'll end on this question. If Based on what you've seen, Finny, would you buy this game? Oh yeah, one hundred percent. I'd be down. This would be like so. Is this one of those Black Myth Wukong? Kong? And there was that other game that came out. It was kind of looked like a Skyrim X where you were dragon riding. I can't remember what it was. There was another game. Had that one. It came out. I think it was like showcase last year. Can't remember for the life of me. But we remember we talked about it on the podcast. Okay. And but like the so far the three games coming out of China, at least these three games are coming out of China. And the one game I played, which was Genshin Impact. I'm looking yeah. to play. Yeah, we four for four. Um, <laughs> But yeah, Sean, would you play it? Probably not. It's not my type of game. I, yeah. don't, I don't play Devil May Cry and those sorts of games. Like, 
I can, but it, it's not necessarily something I'd go out of my way for. So chances are with something like this, I might watch like uh, either a speedrun effort or I might watch, you know, somebody else's playthrough of it before giving it a go myself, uh, unless it was cheap. But otherwise, yeah, it's not something that I'd necessarily, uh, you know, run to the shops to buy day one. Mm. Yeah, fair. For me, um, this has got Josh written all over it. Like third-person action story-driven game is Josh LaRosa the game. So this is something I would definitely be looking to, to purchase. I think if China can, if Sony can help China navigate the monetary kind of, because they, they rely a lot on in-game purchases, right, through gotcha mechanics and, again, being in the PC mobile gotcha. market. Gotcha. gotcha. Whatever. Well, they got, they got you and then they got you. Um, <laughs> if they can help them navigate that and, and kind of give them funding and say, look, don't focus on making a great game. We'll worry about that. If they can do that, because I don't want to buy this and be like, oh, look at this dragon armor. Oh, I've got to you know, roll the dice and pay $10. If they can circumvent all that and just get a AAA game out, it looks it looks like my you know my next favorite thing. If it, if it can be this polished throughout and and have a great story, well, I'm I'm super interested to play it. Yeah, for sure. Be, this will oh, be your new uh, your new Final Fantasy VII. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. I'm actually thinking about playing Final Fantasy VII again, but I want to wait for the update. You know what I'm saying? Right, wait for the update. Yeah, just yeah, wait for the update. I will. I will. Any other final thoughts before we move on on this one? No. No beautiful all right next point of conversation so as i alluded to earlier both microsoft and sony held their q3 earnings call uh earlier this week so we'll start off with microsoft microsoft held their q3 21 uh earnings call earlier this week with plenty of interesting tidbits to go over so this is the second quarter of microsoft uh xbox series x and s console sales and hardware revenue has grown by a massive 232 percent thanks to these next-gen consoles Xbox content and services revenue has also increased by 739 million or 34% compared to the same quarter last year. And this is driven by third-party titles, Xbox Game Pass subscriptions, and of course, their first-party games. Gaming became a key hobby for many during 2020, obviously due to the pandemic, and this trend has remained throughout 2021. Microsoft's overall gaming revenue is up $1.2 billion or 50% after reaching $5 billion for the first quarter ever last quarter that's again thanks mainly to xbox content services and xbox hardware so obviously an impressive q3 gaming's in the best position it's ever been ever like are these numbers staggering to any of you guys sean not really uh well for us at least in australia we're coming to the end of COVID to an extent hmm. um where like life has basically been normal for a couple of months now so for us, yeah, okay, we're, we're kind of getting out a little bit, but there's still people, you know, who don't necessarily want to go out to public places, still going to use masks on public transport. So gaming sales are still high. So it's no surprise that the second quarter, so the second half of last year, um, that would have, you know, shot through the roof because of COVID and Christmas sales and all that sort of stuff. The fact that it's still kind of, it's still there, like it's still at a really good number, shows that people are investing in Game Pass. They're investing in you know xbox gold they're still buying the consoles they're buying the games they're playing the games that, that that's not really an issue but i guess like they haven't really had like that one big thing to come along like they haven't had that halo or something like that to come mm. along but um look uh profit is profit so uh, they can't be uh too upset about that Vinny, what about you are you uh impressed by these numbers at all i'm i'm very impressed because like 
I I think about it once again. We're thinking about subscription services. We think about um, they need to pay rights for having the games on there. So for them to turn this much money leads in that they will potentially be profitable. Game Pass will be profitable. Like I just think about it when I think of like Netflix and you people don't realize how much in debt Netflix is. Like took them twenty years to turn a profit. Exactly. So it's like if if um Microsoft can do this in, you know, two, three years of Xbox Game Pass, like that is very impressive. Like that is something that hasn't been done before in the subscription service and makes them believe that yeah, if it's profitable, then they will they will take those risks and add more, I guess more um well-known games to game pass like more expensive like triple a tiles where they can pay for the rights knowing that people are definitely circumvented in the ecosystem so mm. pretty interesting that you know their like their earnings are so so high reaching over five billion in the first quarter is pretty crazy yeah and they pretty much for context to show how big microsoft is basically paid for the bethesda acquisition in a quarter like it was it wasn't yeah. like this big big thing right the numbers are great, and you'll see that as well with both PlayStation and Nintendo, right? Gaming's just in the, the best best position it's ever been, and we'll continue to kind of see that grow. But you, you raised a good point around Game Pass and profitability. Do you think currently Game Pass is profitable, Vin? I think it's currently not profiting right now. Mm-hmm. Um, granted, when you think of, you know, like, it's you got to think of net profit, not gross profit. Wait, is it? Yeah, net profit. Gross profit mm, is. Right. Yeah, yeah, cool. Sorry, just maybe second guess myself there. Um, they're. I'm. Um, I'm sure they're gross profiting. I don't think they're net profiting. So, yeah, when you think of server maintenance, paying everyone, paying all the rights for the games, I think they're not currently turning a net profit yet. But I think they would be close. I'm no businessman. I'm just a guy on a podcast. But that's that's my theory. I think they'll probably turn a profit within a year if the way it keeps going if they have games like halo um infinite come out you know games that will really get those other people to jump that milestone and get them to purchase game pass and keep them on for that um you know six 12 months and then just at that point it just becomes standard for them and people gotta remember it's like a gym membership people sign up and won't use it and then probably stop using it and then will probably end their membership like a year later like mm-hmm. there's so many da- there's so much downtime for when a membership is not used. Anything about it with um any subscription service, like for example, I have Audible. I can't remember last time I listened to a book. I reckon it was like a month ago, but I'm still paying for it this month, and I'll probably might use it next month. It's that thing. Where it's like you'll stagger in and out, but it will always be there because it's easier to cancel. Uh, sorry, it's easier to keep it there than to cancel and always resubscribe. So that's why mm. people will keep it. It was like, just in case, just in case there's something out there I want to play, I'll leave it for six months. And Sean, what about you? Do you, think, yeah. do you think Game Pass is profitable as it currently stands? I think following on with Vinny's point, with a lot, with, for example, with Xbox Gold subscription, that was you pay for, you know, a month, three months, a year. And once it ended, it ended. Your service ended. When you move over to Game Pass, you don't have that option. It carries on. So like it could carry on for another six months before you forget about it and be like, Oh wait, hang on. I don't use that anymore. I'm going to cancel it. So there, I guess that is a factor of it, but I still think that Xbox are in the red. I think they are dwindling that red that they're slowly working their way back. Uh, but I still think overall um, they have lost money on it, but 
as we keep saying, I think every week now, it's an investment. It's a long-term idea. Mm. And so, yeah, you need, to, you need to put the money in early. You need to put the contracts in to be able to get these games and these services to Game Pass to get people and entice people to subscribe. And then later on, that will reap the rewards because more people will be joining the subscription. Yeah. And there's heaps of, you know, kind of when I was putting this doc together, I was watching just opinions on this question. And there is a lot of people that truly believe that Game Pass is profitable and they're defending it tooth and nail. In my eyes, there is 0% chance that Game Pass is profitable. You know why that is? Microsoft are a public trading company. If they were profitable, they would talk about it during their financial call, just like they mentioned all these numbers and statistics and percentages and growth. That is the indicator to say that they're not currently profitable. But Microsoft, and that's not a bad thing, right? Because they're building something. Like you guys said, you know, Netflix took tens of years before they were profitable. Um, and it's more about build it and, and they will come. So Microsoft as a business can afford to kind of take a hit on, on Game Pass as long as, I guess, Xbox brand and the, you know, the whole ecosystem is profitable, which it clearly is. So I think we will continue to see them invest in it. I think it's... <laughs> We talk about it, right? We talk about Sony's investment in AAA games and Nintendo's on their own island and doing whatever that is that Nintendo does. We're living in a world now where there isn't 100 consoles out there. There isn't a saturation saturation in the market. All three of these platforms can exist because Sony can't beat Microsoft in the money game. Microsoft can't beat Sony in the AAA, you know, stellar titles. Space. They can't compete there. Sony can't compete with, you know, they can't buy a Bethesda. And Nintendo are Nintendo. So as a gamer, we're living in the most interesting space because we have three platforms that give us something different. Because for the longest time, Xbox One and PS4, there is no difference between those consoles. There is no reason to buy an Xbox One. There was no great exclusives, while the PS4 had a compelling case. But now there is a compelling case to buy an Xbox, or not even to buy an Xbox, to subscribe to Game Pass on PC and wherever that is that, that it gets there. So, again, the question is, is Game Pass profitable? No, but to Sean's point, to Vinny's point, it's not about making money today. It's about the ecosystem and then eventually one day it will turn to profit because it will get there. You know, like 23 million subscribers, we often talk about how big Game Pass is and growing, is not a big subscription. 23 million is nothing. You look at what Netflix has and what Disney Plus has, hundreds of millions of subscribers that's where if they can get to that point and they can get to that point because it's not just on console anymore. You're not just playing with a hundred million potential Xboxes out there. You're playing with all the PC market. Once they get it to iPhone and, and yeah, to get the Android. mobile. Yeah. So surplus. great. It's a great platform, right? It'd be interesting to see if the price kind of goes up and if they have to change things, which they will, it will order as thing goes on, inflation will happen. And then, the service will have to go up. But for the time being, it's a great service. So if you haven't got Game Pass and as an up-and-coming gamer out there, if you're you know young teenager or whatever and you're looking for value for money, there's literally no reason. If you've got a working PC, as oh, Sean would say, get Game Pass. I would even say if you are looking to get into like the PC gaming space or you know I'm talking like the you know, Fortnite kind of thing and you don't have a PC, you're better off buying an Xbox Series X and using mouse and keyboard like you that, that is option too. you got that option as well it's it's gonna be cheaper than buying a high mid mid-range pc it can mm. do pretty much everything and you have essentially with the game pass subscription you have 
a variety of games you can play. So it's definitely a, a good space to play in, especially if, like if you want to play those free to play games. Mm. It's just it's, seven hundred fifty bucks. Graphics card. Exactly, like a RTX thirty eighty is over a thousand dollars in Australian. So yeah. you're essentially buying you're buying a graphics card for a thousand dollars or seven hundred fifty dollars for a console. Hundred percent. I'll go to the console if you're looking to get into the gaming space. Yeah, and it's a long play. The ultimate idea is to get cloud gaming up and running, and then you won't even you can buy a TV. You know, in ten fifteen years, you buy a new TV. It's got Game Pass app on there. You just pick up your controller and play. That's the dream, right? Yeah, that's. The dream. Now the next question: How do we kind of feel about the leadership uh, change at Xbox? Obviously, Phil Spencer jumped in after our dear friend Don Matrick. Uh, stepped down from Microsoft and the Xbox team and has really course-corrected the ship, uh, in my opinion, and got them on a clear path. How, how confident are we feeling that Xbox are going to continue this momentum through to this generation, Sean? Well, they're, in the right, they're going in the right direction. Like, we can't judge Xbox on their exclusives anymore, really. Like, we're judging them on everything else that they're able to provide. And they're starting to pick up these exclusives, or at least they're starting to get these deals. And the Bethesda deal, we keep mentioning it, like that that was kind of a really turn, like a big turning point in what Xbox is able to provide through its Game Pass service, through gold, through everything else. So they're going in the right direction for what they want to achieve mm-hmm. uh, in this new direction, which we haven't had for, you know, for video games ever. So, yeah, I think they're, they're heading in the right direction for them. Ben, do you agree? Yeah, I think putting um so correct for was Dom Matrick, uh, one of the cases behind the Xbox One release. The, yes. uh, the we uh, have, if uh, you have we have an offline console, it's called the Xbox three sixty. Yeah, that's yeah, it. yeah. Anything Phil Spencer does is definitely um a big plus compared to what Dom Matrick said. Um but I hundred percent agree with Sean and I assume I agree with you as well. If you're gonna say the yeah. same thing, they're going in the right direction. They are they're they're doing their own thing, but they're doing it right. Yeah, and that's the best way to shine, right? And that goes for everything, like not even just business. Like, is you know, if you're wanting to do a YouTube, what makes you different to your competitors? And he's he's they found that they've just gone, oh, hold on, hold on, we're owned by Microsoft. We've got money. We we've got you know infrastructure. We've got cloud service. We've got Azure and all that stuff. Let's let's leverage that, right? Because that's what makes them different. Long gone are Halo Gears, Forza, Halo Gears, Forza. That's just. That was the meme, and that's what lived on through Xbox One. Uh, and now we're at a point where they've got 23-plus first-party studios all kind of sitting under that Xbox umbrella. And if they can get them to a point where every two, three months they've got something dropping into Game Pass, that's that's a, a compelling case to, to make when you're oh, making that decision of do I, buy, you know, do I buy a PS5 or do I buy an Xbox, right? Both 90% have the same games. I know with PlayStation, every three months, every two months, is going to be a big AAA exclusive there that's going to be industry-defining. Or do I go with the Xbox where I don't have to buy games per se, I just subscribe to the service, and all right, maybe I'm missing out on God of War and Spider-Man, but I've got content forever being fed to me. So that's it's a compelling case in my eyes. What we've got to look at as well is since the Xbox series released, we haven't had a new Halo, a new Gears, a new Forza. The point. They try and to do Halo, and it's still, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. But uh, all right, awesome. So we've kind of discussed all that. 
I really want to get to our last bit of conversation, which is the predictions, because I think that's more the fun stuff. So if we haven't got anything to say uh, further on the Microsoft earnings, he's happy for me to jump across to uh, Japan. Yeah, we just got a, go with- what's a little bit in chat. It's like Josh, Sean said, you only play games for two hours. Is that true? Uh, what? What? <laughs> so, <laughs> what do you mean? Josh, Josh, okay, come on. Sean uh, said you only play games for two hours. You're like one or two hours at a time. Oh, like in general, like not yeah. on stream and stuff. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, look, when I sit down and play games, I, I won't play for four or five hours and it's because I work to five and then I've got, I'm in a house with my partner. If I just went on the couch and played games all day, I probably wouldn't be in the house and wouldn't have a partner. But I like to balance. And I kind of said that at the start of the show, right? Like I've, I'm working a lot of the time, but whilst I'm working, I'm researching, I'm putting together the docs every week. So I'm forever on news sites reading. So I'm, as much as I'm not probably playing games 24-7, I feel like I'm Still reading involved. or involved in it. But yeah. when the big stuff comes out, I'll, I'll definitely say Naomi. Last yeah. of Us Part 2. Final Fantasy VII's here again. Returnal's coming out. Returnal's coming tomorrow. We've got our colour appointment for eight hours tomorrow. I've taken the day off, but I have to go to this colour appointment. But on the way home, JB Hi-Fi, and I've already pre-warned Naomi not to <laughs> not to talk to me tomorrow. Um, after right. Another question from old Craig. Hi guys. I've started streaming based on your guys' feedback question for you. How do you balance your personality and knowledge? Josh needs to have a strong personality and a lot of knowledge. How do you guys balance that? I think the one thing would be stick to your strengths. I mean, Josh is very news heavy in the industry. I'm not going to pretend like I know as much as he does, but if we want to play to our strength, come talk to me about power Rangers. Come talk to me about Digimon. Come talk to me about Hades. Talk to me about league. Um, Like Sean, come talk to him about any game that he's ever played and he'll know a lot about it. He's also in the retail industry as well. So he has a lot of feedback about that. And Josh has, you know, really got his head into the business side of it. So the best thing is to be your personality is your strength, but your strength is also based on your own knowledge. Don't try and fess around, try and pretend to be so mimic. Not. Yeah. Mm. Hmm. Yeah. I, uh, I don't know about Sean. I'll, I'll jump in here. I, I, and to be fair to that question, which I'm going to bring up because I'll probably miss some of the points on there, but I struggle with it, honestly, because, and, and you know, this is probably a bit inside baseball for everyone watching, but I've spoken to you guys about not purposely not wanting to be on every video doing everything all the time because I like to sit back and, you know, give my bit and then bounce. So you've got to play to your strengths, right? Like I, I've, I've been an auctioneer, so I'm always forever talking. I was always good at talking. So if you're in that playing that personality side, that's fine. Like the Josh you see on screen and these guys will agree. I'm pretty much like this all the time. Yeah. I, I, you think I'm only making Shuhei references on this show? You're wrong. And I've got, <laughs> you know, I was sending these guys Facebook, uh, you know, statuses that I did 10 years ago about the PlayStation hack. Like I, I wasn't joking when I said I, I'm not any different. So be true to yourself. Uh, and then with the, the knowledge piece, it just comes with time, right? You're not going to, be able to jump on a show and, and rattle off everything. And that that's fine, right? You, you learn from what you can and just be prepared as much as you can and read the news and don't go off Twitter. Twitter's not, you know, you know, everyone's angry at Sony because it's on Twitter. doesn't necessarily mean that's true. What do you think? Why do you think that? And so on. I think that that's, that's yeah. my if, if you like, if you create a personality, uh, which is basically a lie, it's a lot more stressful. It's a lot more hard to keep it up. Mm. just be yourself yeah yeah, yeah. so i, I hope like that, that helps you good luck with your streaming um 
we'll we'll keep an eye out for you. But yeah, yeah so if you're sure. a big fan of Shuhei and you want to yell about Shuhei, you do you do you you do you. All right. All right. Speaking of Shuhei. All right. Yeah. Speaking of Shuhei. So again, Sony also held their Q3 earnings call this week. And again, things are similarly positively at the PlayStation camp. So PS5 has now shipped 7.8 million units worldwide. And the PS4 has now shipped 115.9 million units. Um, so again, PS2 is about 150 million. So I'm not quite there yet, but it's, it's, it's it won't get there, but it's going to land probably, I'd say, 125, 130 when it's all said and done. Uh, Sony announced its financial results for the financial year, again, ending March 31st. Sony exceeded its forecast of 7.6 million PS5 shipped uh, by 200,000 units. For reference, the PS4 only sold 7.6 units in the same time frame. So it is outpacing uh, PS4, which in enough in itself is a pretty much pretty big success. Uh, there is 47.6 million PlayStation Plus subscribers as of March 31st. Uh, which is up 6.1 million from the 41 million subscribers during the same period of the previous financial year. This was Sony's best year ever for its game and network service division. So not just for the year, forever. The game and network service segment reported revenue of $25 billion for the financial year. Uh, This was an increase again, due to strong software sales, service sales, and the PS5 launch. Now, uh, network services, which is obviously PSN, PlayStation Store, PS Plus, PS Now, accounted for 69% nice, of the game's division's total revenue. A total of 338 million games were sold for PS4 and 5 over the year, and this includes, again, both physical and digital games. But why I mention that is 65% or 220 of million of those games were sold digitally. This is higher than the 53% from last year, so we're seeing digital games being sold and an increase 10% pretty much year on year. And that was accelerated, obviously, because of COVID. And again, 17% or 58 million of those were first-party games. And finally, speaking to investors in a conference call on Wednesday, transcribed transcribed by VGC, Sony CFO Hikori Totiki provided more details on the company's plan for game software investment, telling listeners it intends to enhance its software offering via both internal and external investments. We intend to increase development, or quote, sorry, we in, uh, intend to increase development uh, personal on in-house costs by approximately 20 billion yen or 184 million year on year as we further strengthen our in-house software, uh, the exec said on the call. And finally, to enhance our software offering, we intend to continue investing in partnering with external studios in addition to aggressively investing in our in-house teams. So there's well, a lot there, a lot there, a lot of... Uh, a lot of statistics, but I guess the same question that we asked at the start of the thing, gaming's in the best position it's ever been, so we don't really need to go through that again. But any of these statistics stand out that you want to really talk about? Sean? Uh, it's like 69% of the games. I, yeah, I, there's, a, there's a lot of numbers there, so I'm just trying. I'm having to read through to remember. That's um, all right. You want me to start while you go? I'm... I mean, Are you good? Oh, go, 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 go. Sorry. I thought you would take some time. Uh, sorry. The 47.6 million PlayStation Plus subscribers. Uh, so that's an interesting number because that's PlayStation Plus, obviously, and that's like the key revenue stream coming in for PlayStation that isn't like digital or physical sales of games and, yes. and hardware and all that sort of stuff. So 47.6 and Game Pass is about half of that. So because there's a lot more money involved in like, in game pass and trying to get that up and running even if game pass match those figures it's not going to be at the same profitability as playstation plus subscriptions are 
and I think we need to keep that in mind. Like we're, we're probably looking for, for something like this, maybe 100,000 subscribers would be close to that. But 47.6 million out of, what, 115, well, yeah, 115-odd million uh, consoles for PlayStation 4, that's decent. Mm. And when you put on PS5, you put on the, the few people who started subscribing PS3 era, uh, you've got a lot there. So, uh, yeah, the numbers are definitely good for them. It'd be interesting to see what the uh, the Xbox Gold subscription numbers were before Game Pass came in and then, mm. like, really have a look at a comparison. Yeah. Finn, what about you? Any numbers jump out? Uh, nothing really. Uh, the 70% of them being first-party games is pretty interesting. But also, once again, we got to hail the fact that, yeah, digital is making a massive impact, but also I think... Once again, due to COVID, people not wanting to go outside their houses. It's definitely, I think it's more inflated than what it, the numbers would be. But yeah. I think this is going to showcase the convenience of digital. Mm. And therefore, it will just, it, I would be surprised if it's to 70% next year. And then, you know, Sony's already looking forward, like looking forward in this direction because they have released, like Microsoft, they released digital consoles because they know that physical games are on their way out. Yeah, and it's just it's just a for it's a decision that made with foresight, obviously, because they're they're looking at it being like, cool, what is what is not profitable to us, and that is a secondhand market. Obviously, anything <laughs> from retailers like Facebook Marketplace, eBay, if you resell a game as a someone who's already purchased it, the company doesn't see any money. So, them leaning towards the digital showcase or like case for games makes like they will be way more profitable because a, they're not printing any product. They're just, it's just a download on a server mm. and then you can't sell it. So everyone who else wants to buy the game still has to pay the subscription price or the price that's on PSN. And also yeah. one thing short said about game game pass, oh, sorry, gold is that this is a pre-existing um, network that, was around the same time as Xbox Gold, so it makes sense that the lump the numbers are inflated because it is a long-standing service. Mm. Um, yeah, for me that's similar, right? Like touching on the the digital games first. Yeah, six. The, to to Benny's point, I think sixty-five percent is a little inflated, and that would be again because of COVID. I think beforehand, and don't quote me on, I think they were kind of landing anywhere between anywhere between 40 to 45% of a game's sales would be digital. And then that's jumped up to kind of the 65% that it is now. I think that will probably drop back down. You'll probably find it be 55 to maybe 60. But as time goes on, yeah, there's definitely a convenience there. But what will really drive that worldwide will be the market that it's in. For instance, in Australia, it's, it's often cheaper to buy physical than it is digital. And we've still got a pretty strong discounting, um, you know, through physical retailers where the digital stores are still quite expensive. Sometimes you'll go back and, you know, you want to buy a, a PS4 game even and it's $40, still $50 in the store and you can find it for $20 online if you're lucky. I think that um, ultimately depends on the game because there are still some oh. games that are full price physical and it's all about the bottom line about whether or not they'll be able to actually sell them. Whereas yeah. physical games, I know that, well, sorry, digital games, PlayStation had their 75% off uh, sale over the last like week or two. And so there are a lot of really decent games for you know, $10. You'd still look in the store, they're still $20, $40. So, and that's mm. pre-owned. So yeah. 
think that that's something to take into consideration that it's not applying to everything. No, like for me now, if a, if it's a big AAA release, I'll still go physical because I like to have it. But sometimes like, you know, I was uh, wanting to go play Bioshock, for instance, or I've just had this inkling that I want to go back and play Bioshock. My first thought would be to, I check the PlayStation app and see how much it is. And it was like $20 for the all three of them, you know, the remastered collection. You didn't and get it. Actually, more expensive i think when i looked on some of the stores but if it's you know five dollars more to digital i probably will download it and looking at my games library ps4 versus ps3 i've got a lot more physical games on ps3 than i do on ps4 and that was because there was you know where i was 100 percent physical i'd say on ps3 most of the time i was more 90 percent or 85 percent on ps4 where there were some games i'm like you know what i don't mind owning this digitally i'll just Fine on the store, it's there, ready to go. And I wouldn't be surprised in this generation. I'm I'm leaning more towards digital as well, especially if they do have some um, significant discounts. But Actually, relating to that, Josh, sorry, um, how many physical games do you have for the PlayStation Five? Physical, uh, physical. only about four or five. Yep, I got four. Yeah, about five. Five. Yeah, six, yeah. I had five. I sold Spider Man after I platinumed it. Mm. Uh, yeah, yeah. And that goes to show I've got so many more games available, like through PlayStation Plus, like and the the game collection that they gave out uh, at the start of the PlayStation Five is launch. So mm. yeah, digital is definitely the way to go. But sorry, carry on. No, I was just going to say other obviously points of interest as well is that the PS Five now selling seven point eight million units, so it's consistently kind of selling one one and a half million units uh, per month. And PS Five is near impossible to find, but the numbers show that they're clearly manufacturing more PS5s than they were PS4s. So imagine, sometimes I often think about, like, what would that number look like if there wasn't any um, supply constraints or anything like that? Would that be more 8.5, 9 million units? Could it even reach 10 million units by now? We just don't know because of the COVID impact. But, yeah, clearly PS5 selling well. Um, it's their best uh, financial year ever in terms of games and networking division, so that's obviously a positive um, and then the, you know, intent to increase by 184 million on top of their original kind of first party internal development. What, what would you guys, so that $184 million investment, where do you think that money will go? Vin? I want to see it in more kind of like double A titles. Not really so like, I don't want to see anything. Like, I don't want it to go into last of us three, which we know we heard that it's stories in development, but games are in the works yet. I don't want to see it mm. in. You know, that space. I want to see it in like something like a it's a bad example it is, but like a Badlands Wonderland kind of game. Like something something gimmicky, but like good enough to be captivating, but good. Mm. Not that. You know, like oh god, like a new well, I'm playing Mario Odyssey right now. So something like a three D platform is like really in my head space right now, and then Sean will be the same because he's playing Spyro or just finished Spyro. Like something like to and see a new yeah, like see something like that, something that has a either a name behind it that is nostalgic or a new IP that has kind of things that is going to be a six, seven, eight hour game, but is going to be very polished and very good and very short and very sweet. I don't want to mm. see a 20 hour game that's going to be AAA and cost $70 and be come out in every four years or come yeah. out once a generation. I want to see something that comes out you know, a little mm. more frequently. Sean, before I ask you, I've got a different view on it. So I thought we'd do something a little different. I'm going to give you my thought, and then at least you've got both sides of 
the playing field before I usually let you guys talk and then I go, well, actually. Okay. Uh, <laughs> is that okay? Um, for me, I would I go the opposite. I, I would want that 184 million invested in AAA games, and the reason for that is like the conversation Vinny just had. I'm seeing everywhere on the internet, and that's been the news story. We've covered it before. Sony's focused on AAA games and what happened in the indies and all that fun stuff. What people don't realize is those games haven't gone anywhere. Sony's just not the guys making them, right? So in terms of that money invested, what sells is AAA games, and I tweeted my answer to this question when I read this um, investment call, what I think will happen is Sony won't, you know, people like, what's their answer? They're going to buy someone. What's happening there? Sony don't do that. Like you think about their last two purchases. It was, um, uh, oh my God, Insomniac in 2019 for 230 million. And then before that was 2011 with Sucker Punch. Sony made Sucker Punch make the whole Sly Cooper series, make Infamous 1, Infamous 2 was in development, and then they purchased them where Microsoft brought Compulsion Games after they made one game and they haven't worked with them before, but they just did it. And same thing with Ninja Theory and all that fun stuff. So Sony won't just go and buy a studio out on a limb. There's definitely ones out there like Housemark and Bluepoint that they could buy. But if I was Sony, I would... These studios have a name, not like Nintendo where it's like it's a Nintendo game. Like Naughty Dog means something. Gorilla Games now means something. Santa Monica means something. And I think what we'll see happen is Sony's probably seen the success with Insomniac, right? And you think about it, Insomniac has, ca- has carried the PS5 this at this point. They had, they've got Ratchet and Clank launching, and then they had Spider-Man at, at launch, right? And we're only four or five months into the year, and they've hit bang, and now they're going to hit in June. So I think what that money will do is Sony will go to Naughty Dog in particular, probably Santa Monica, which we already hear rumors that they're hiring for a second team and Guerrilla Games, which I'd say they're big three. Sucker Punch is nearly there, but I don't think they'll go to them yet. And we want two teams instead of one. Naughty Dog did do that. If you remember Uncharted 3 and Last of Us, we were in development at the same time. Mm-hmm. Then after that, when they did Uncharted 4, they went back together because they were struggling a bit there. But if Sony can get two teams working out of these studios, that means one of them could be working on this Uncharted uh, Last of Us remake, one's working on a new IP, and we're not seeing a four or five-year gap between Naughty Dog games. God of War 2018 won't be, you know, the new one, uh, Ragnarok comes out. We won't be waiting another five years because they've already got a second team. So I'd use that money to that. And to all the, you know, scuttlebutt about, you know, why don't they make another Jack and Daxter? And I joke around a Sly Cooper. That won't sell. And if you're looking for that type of experience, you can get that. But why it doesn't need to be made and published by Sony. They can get it as an exclusive. Like they can invest in, and they do do that. Like we got Kenya Bridge of Spirits coming out in August. And that's, an exclusive on PlayStation and backed by PlayStation. It's a PlayStation Studios game, but it's not made by Sony first party. So I'd use that money in that sense. Sean, what are your thoughts? Okay, Josh, I guess you're passing on to me. Yes. <laughs> All right. Um, so, okay, you did actually take away half of my answer. So I, I had it split into two ways. So the first way was going to be investing in AAA because that that's where they're moving that's where they're pushing that's where this extra money and keep in mind that this is extra money that they're investing on top of on yeah. top of what they're already investing and they're saying they're going to do it in-house so they're investing in into their uh, their in-house costs and in-house software so my initial thought was okay triple a they're going to give it to a company and they're going to yeah make another team or something like that what i would prefer to see or what i think we might also see is some of that cost going towards the next PlayStation VR in-house 
I think that some of that money, especially if they are going to push it, like the PlayStation VR did okay for the PlayStation 4, but it didn't really, you know, blow everyone out of the water. And we've had the eye toys since the PlayStation 2, so it's kind of always been around. So you might think that, oh, but they're just doing another VR because, you know, it's a new console. They may as well have this technology going forward. But I think Sony knows that, you know, this is something that they've basically been able to kick Xbox out of the path and continue down. Xbox has stopped with Kinect. It wasn't, it wasn't doing it for them. But the PlayStation VR was still selling. Yeah. And it's quite on the same level as your Hive and, and these sorts of like high-end ones. But it, it's good enough for a console. It's the so, highest-selling VR unit ever. Because the most affordable. Yes, yes. Uh, most affordable. And so I think that if Sony were going to go in-house, it would be a perfect opportunity to put that extra money towards more software for the VR, get more interest into it, because that is mm. almost, I'm not going to say the future of the technology, but that is a pathway which is still relatively untapped with the general market. Sure, it's accessible, but not as accessible as we might think. That's a fair point. That's a I know point. You, and it's not like they need to go 180 million, split that up between the three studios, make two teams. Like they could go, all right, we're going to put 30 million here for some VR development. And maybe what they could do as well, because I think it's both for in-house teams plus partnering with external studios. If they were going to do some VR type development, that's probably because it'd be cheaper for them to go, well, we don't need to own the cow. Let's just buy the milk. So let's find a studio that's interested in VR and say, all right, we'll, we'll give you a few million dollars to make a game, and it's obviously exclusive to PlayStation, all that fun stuff, and then invest because that money is going on top of whatever they're you – know, they already have a bucket for VR, a bucket for first party, a bucket for second party. This well, is on top of that. Yeah, I'm, I'm also thinking that they could use that if they are going to go like and, and pay that to other developers. Like let's just say the next Bioshock, for example, what if they got an influx of money from Sony, yeah, your 30, 50 mil or whatever it is, to have another team – latched onto that development to create the PlayStation 5 version of the game VR enabled. That's pretty smart. So that way yeah, they're still I making it enable, but except they wouldn't have to do it. Someone Sony would come yeah, in and yeah, Sony would come yeah. in and say, hey look, we're going to invest this money. We're going to have a team that's going to supplement you. You guys make the game mm. and work with our team and our team will basically get your game and create the VR equivalent of it to be able to release on our console. Mm. I can yeah, see that this, working very well. Yeah, I think that's a that's actually a really good idea, and that's very similar to what Sony's done with X. That's what XDev was, right? Where it's like a team that was primarily out of Santa Monica, and then in London for a while, but they would work with other studios to help make their game. So it's something that they kind of already do, but that's smart, right? Kind of have like a an expert VR team that would just come and work. So it'd be interesting to see um, where that all kind of lands, but. How do you think, based on these numbers, right? Sony's saying they've had their, you know, their best quarter ever, ever, not just you know in the last few years ever. Is Sony concerned really around Game Pass? Like, obviously, there's internet conversations and there's Twitter reactions and there's all that. But looking at the numbers realistically, based on what they're they're projecting and what they're doing, should Sony be concerned that Game Pass will bring all their players over to, to the Xbox ecosystem? I still, I still think they should be worried, and I think they are worried, and purely because they, they might say it's the best quarter ever and the sales are doing the best and all that sort of stuff. But let's look about this. Like, let's look about it in terms of, like, the financials of it. So early days, like, video games was a pie about this big. 
if you had a quarter of that pie, okay, yeah, like you had a quarter of that pie. But now the pie is this big and a quarter is a lot larger. So as much as they might be profiting and they might be, you know, there's more money than ever before being turned over due to video games nowadays, like that's just exponential growth. That, That was generally going to happen as long as the community stayed and the industry kept moving forward. So, like, you know, these equivalents, it might be the best ever in terms of number figures, but in terms of percentage, it might be the same as 10 years ago. Mm. So that's something to keep in mind. So that they still probably, you know, be worried in a sense. But as we've said before, they're going down different paths. I wouldn't necessarily be, as a PlayStation person, I wouldn't necessarily be worried about people moving over to Game Pass. Like, it, it's, it's a great selection, but there's no real, you know, killer app on it or anything like that bethesda yeah if they did elder scrolls 6 day one game pass not available anywhere else yeah okay you, you've lost sorry mm. but otherwise it's not going to happen sony's going down their own way Ben, uh, yeah be worried yeah i think there's a question of who's going to win the console war anymore it's just each has got their own they're running their own ways uh, running their own race ways um you know one's land one's like one sky one sea kind of thing nintendo obviously but yeah i think no i yeah no one should be worried about what anyone else is doing because everyone's clearly going in their own direction and sony's sticking to their tried and true nintendo's sticking to their tried and true microsoft's going experimental with their subscription service so it's they're all profiting everyone's having a good time no one's got anyone's no yeah no one touched my stuff. Essentially, that's what they're going for. Mm. And they don't touch my stuff. So you don't touch my stuff. Microsoft touch everyone's stuff, but mm. it all comes on Microsoft. They're not stepping on each other's toes. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, for me, like they're obviously they're not going to just ignore it, right? Sony are going to have to have some sort of answer to it eventually, um, because I think it is more of a eventually. It isn't a profit play, but like what we said, but Game Pass is bringing gamers in that weren't originally gamers. I feel like it's actually growing the pie more. Where it's like, you know, every console generation, PS3, 360, right? 80 million each. PS4, 115 million, probably 50 million. Like the numbers are still the same. It's just kind of shifting as to where that those numbers are going. I think what Microsoft is trying to do and Phil Spencer often talks about it with the, you know, billions of 32 billion gamers around the world and all that fun stuff. He wants people who play on their phone to subscribe to Game Pass that aren't gamers, quote unquote. People who are, you know, were gamers have fallen off to download Game Pass and start playing games again. Markets like China, for instance, where, you know, they don't have that space. That, like, grow the pie. So I think Sony should be concerned. You know, the Twitter sphere and the internet sphere can kind of, kind of be a bit hyperbolic in the sense where I think if you're on top, right you want the other guy to do better and when the other one that's on top kind of you know says things and closes the store and all that it's oh they're falling apart blah 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 i've been following sony for forever right and you know we talk about the hacking and all that stuff this is typical sony i don't know why everyone's shocked that then they're quiet a lot like this is literally their mo and has been their mo they say nothing ever (laughs) they're slow to bat they don't react to anything quickly They've always moved very slowly and then June will come and then like ha- what happened last year. And that's why I actually went back and watched and listened to our previous 
you know, conversation before these, as the consoles were being revealed. And we were having this exact same conversation where it's like, Sony has, Microsoft's announced what the console looks like. They've announced games. Sony hasn't shown nothing. We don't know what the console looks like. We don't know what games are coming. And then what happened? We had June and then I started freaking out and the world started freaking out and they're all sold. So all I'm trying to say is, yes, they should be concerned, right? Because uh, Microsoft have now got their ducks in a row. They've got great leadership. They've got studios that can start churning out some great games. Sony can either do one or two things and it looks like they're just going to double down on their strategy and say, all right, let's grow internally. Yes, we'll probably naturally acquire one or two studios, hopefully Bluepoint. But they're going to just be aggressive with acquiring exclusives. They, they, you know, we spoke about them wanting Starfield at one point and actually rumors were they had, you know, X amount of millions of dollars on the table for, for that to happen. That money didn't just disappear after that deal fell through. They would have gone, okay, well, that sucked. Who else can we go to? Who else can we get exclusives? So I think we can live in a world where you've got Marvel Studios doing Marvel movies on Disney Plus and then, you know, every Marvel movie, you see that intro, you're, you're in, right? And then you've got a Netflix, which is more like Game Pass, where there is some really quality shows and stuff on there, but I'm not looking forward to it like I am to watch a Captain Falcon or a, not Captain Falcon, Captain America and Winter Soldier type thing. So I think we can live in a world with both, but I'm super pumped for whatever the future holds either way. Any final thoughts before we wrap it up? I think we're good. All right. Let's go. So E3 is upon us. Uh, As we know, it's now going to be a digital only event. And Microsoft has been one of the, the few publishers to turn up for this year. And what I wanted to do was host our annual predictions portion of the show so we're going to do microsoft first we're all going to give three predictions each and now i'm going to describe and explain the convoluted pointing system so each host each panel member will give three predictions for every correct prediction a panel member makes they will get two points if they're partially correct they will gain one point if they are incorrect zero points now for the spice the other two panel members can either choose to back or not back that prediction If they are correct in backing the prediction and it does turn out to be true, they get one full point. But if they are wrong, they actually will lose a point. So, for instance, if Vinny predicts Don Matrick returns on the Xbox stage, and that is his prediction, and I choose to back him and Sean chooses not to, and Don Matrick doesn't appear on the stage, Vinny just gets zero points, Sean will get the one point for correctly not backing him, and I would lose a full point. That makes right. sense? Yeah, I think we're good. Let's just get to it. All right. Sean, we're going to start with you. Give us your first prediction and why. All right, first prediction, um, and we'll keep these short and sharp because I know that the uh, we've been going on for a little bit. So first prediction is I think that we'll get a Wolfenstein 3 announcement. Now, I'm a little bit worried in saying this because I have a feeling there could be a reveal before or leading up to E3 and there might be talk about it, but I think we'll we'll see a full stage reveal for it on the the big one. And this will be like Bethesda's big game that they're announcing, whether it's not coming out this year or next year, that, that that's, you know, superfluous information, but it's a big Bethesda title perfect for game pass day one and i think e3 is the best way to uh announce it because i know that they have i'm pretty sure been working on it so what's the formal wording for the prediction wolfenstein 3 announced in trailer form i think we will have Wolfen- can you write this down on the page <laughs> yeah 
I, I'll, I'll, I'll rename the text, but I think Wolfenstein 3 will have a showing on the big stage. And by big stage, we obviously mean the digital E3 stage. Yeah. Um, so it will be part of the major presentation. All right. And just for uh, purposes of correcting points, we are going to include Bethesda in this because they are now owned by Microsoft. So, Sean, while you add that into the doc and update the wording, Vinny, yeah. are you choosing to back or not back Sean's prediction for a Wolfenstein 3? Uh, I'll back it. I mean, Wolfenstein, very like well-known franchise. Bethesda, obviously, with that being acquired by Microsoft, I mean, through Zenimax acquisition, one of the things that's happened this last year that everyone's been talking about. Yeah, it's been a while since the Wolfenstein bring us with something that's uh, pretty well-known mm. and so to get people on board. Yeah, I can see it happening. Wolfenstein 3, why not? Well, we had one, which was 2.5. Yes. Yeah, true. We're getting yes. closer. We're getting closer to the three. For me, it's a no for me. And the okay. reason why is because the, I believe that team is a one-team studio and they're working on Indiana Jones. So unless they've got a secret team that I don't know about and they've got a, a game in development that I don't know about or someone else is making it because he didn't specify that it was machine games, I don't think that the time is right for a Wolfenstein 3. So I'm I, going to not back it. I think we'll see Wolfenstein before Indiana Jones. We yeah, shall that's see. A hot take. Yeah, it's a hot take. See. All right, Sean. Right. Second prediction. Yep, I think that we are going to get a Halo Infinite release date, and I believe that we will have some more information about the campaign. So we already know that it's the Zeta Ring or the Zeta Halo, um, which is where Infinite will all happen. I think we'll see more about the story. And then later on in the year, we'll see more about the multiplayer because as much as multiplayer is the big thing that they're pushing with the esports of Halo, the thing that's going to get a lot of people like pricking their ears up, besides the fact that they've changed all the the, the graphics and all that sort of stuff, <laughs> people are going to say, "Is this going to be better than Halo 5? And three four three Industries are going to have to come out and say, "Yes, it is." Here's why. Releasing what? When would you say? I think uh, we we already we've already yeah, predicted yeah. these dates for the year, so I will, yeah. I'll leave that for another one. All right. So your formal prediction is Halo Infinite re-reveal campaign and releasing this year. Uh, I believe that we'll get a release date ah. and a campaign reveal. That's what I've written there. Oh, come on, back yourself. Which year is it coming out this year or next year? Give that prediction. <laughs> all, right, year. all right. All right. All right. Predictions. So Halo Infinite release date will be revealed and a campaign reveal. Vinny, do you think that this is going to happen? Yeah, I certainly think we get a release date and we'll look at the campaign. It's, granted, it's been so long since we've, you know, Halo going in and out, losing <laughs> members, gaining members, people leaving the team. People coming uh, back yeah, to the team. We want, we want some certainty. <laughs> we want some... <laughs> give us something. Read the, blog. read the development blogs. They're really good. Yeah. Yep, I, I 100% think this is happening. And in addition, I also think it's coming out this November because it's the anniversary. It's too perfect. Let's get this happening. We Sorry. all said it. In November. We had a whole thing about what day it would be. I know. I'm just trying to get it in your form of prediction. You don't see? Um, playing the points game. I'm playing the points game here. This is how I play. I try to get all the, the intricate details in there so I can go, ah. Oh. Yeah. Unfortunately. Okay. Yeah. Um, all right, beautiful. So Vinny and I are both agreeing on that last uh, second prediction there. Third prediction, go for it. 
um, because my third prediction was taken away, but I'll, I'll put this one in. Uh, I think that we'll see in some way or some some shape or form some Sega catalog coming to the Game Pass. So it was a toss-up between this or Ubisoft, and I know Ubisoft has their own subscription service for PC, but they don't have one for console. Mm-hmm. So I was initially thinking that that could be a possibility, but I think Game Pass is is primed to to get another acquisition. Um, by acquisition, I mean like another team's games catalog. They've like, yeah, yeah. partnership yeah. really well with EA. They bought Bethesda. I think that this is another way because they don't really have any big games come like big games coming out besides you know obviously Halo, I, I and maybe Starfield. I think that this would be a way to go. This will this will get people in uh, pushing the Game Pass ethos. So just to be clear, they're going to say like you know, have the Sega logo on the screen and be like these five or whatever amount of Sega games are coming to Game Pass type I, thing. I think, yeah? yeah, I think I'll have the Sega logo on the screen. Okay. Vinny? I don't think so. I don't agree. I think it's it's very out of the blue for something like this to happen. I'll just for, for me, it's just more like I don't see it happening. But I'm happy to be proven wrong because I do like everything Sega. You know, it's, give me some virtual tennis, you know? Give me some virtual mm. fighter. Give me some Sonic. Sonic. All right. Um, for me, I, I can kind of see this going two ways, right? We know that Yakuza library has been on there and Sega's talk, spoken about how, you know, beneficial it is having games on Game Pass. So we just so I know, it's more than one game, right? It's like two, at least three games coming to Game Pass. At least two to at least two to three, I believe. Yeah, because I know you want to get specific. No, well, it's just like if they come out and be like, "This one Sega game's coming," like yeah, that'd be a partial. Okay, I'm I'm gonna say no here, but I do think it could definitely happen. But I've just got a feeling based on what I've predicted, like it's gonna be one or the other. They're not gonna want to do both at the same time. Or they may want it, right, and really make a point. But I'll, I'll probably land on a on a no at this stage. All righty. All right, beautiful. So Sean's given his three predictions. Uh, we'll go to Vinny next uh, for his three predictions. Cool. So here are my three predictions for Xbox Showcase at E3. First one. All right. Uh, we will see a new Fable trailer for at the E3 Showcase. Okay, so Fable... Originally got announced in July of 2020. Um, new developer, Playground Games, who are responsible for Forza Horizon. It's been, it'll be about a year since it's been announced. Um, I think it's about time we see more of the direction of what the game's going. There's a lot of theories going around of where this can be like an MMO or it's going to be another RPG. Is it going to have time travel? People have suspected multi-planet exploration. Um, it's just like, there's so many theories about the game. Is it going to be called Fable 4? Fable 4? Is it going to be a reboot? Is it just going to be called Fable and start the franchise again? Um, it'd be What's good to see. I'm checking. <laughs> it's, it's good to see, um, you know, Xbox bring one of their heavy hitters that, you know, it's funnily enough, Sean mentioned it, where it's like, we haven't seen Forza, Gears or Halo on Game Pass kind of thing or like new. But it'd be cool to see some of their old guard come to uh, Game Pass. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's, that's my theory. So there'll be a new Fable trailer showcasing the story uh more of a cinematic no no gameplay yeah Vinny, uh sean do you uh back this one or are you no i think playground is very heavily in development of the next forza 
um, because they work on Forza Horizon, I'm pretty sure. Yes. So I, I think they're, they're working um, very heavily on that. They might have a small team starting with Fable. I think it is a little bit early. With a lot of these early reveals where they give you nothing, we don't hear anything for two to three years. Uh, the other one uh, you might remember is Elder Scrolls Six. We saw yeah. a little 30-second reveal. We haven't heard anything since. I think that this is going to be another one of those cases where they'll finish off their Forza games, mm. release that, and then they'll move over to Fable. So I'm not sure if we're ready to be able to see anything yet. Um, I think it's de definitely for next year, but not for this year. Yeah. So I think they're both listed as key developers. So turn 10 and playground, but I get to your point. I get your point. And I, I agree. I think they, Microsoft at that time when they revealed it, were in a position where they had nothing announced and it's like, all right, let's, let's announce it. But I don't think these games are coming in the next year or two. There'll be, they're long games. So I, I tend to agree with Sean on this. I don't think we'll see a sin. It might appear in part of like a teaser, you know, those um, montages, but that I don't think we're going to have to get very, Sorry, what was that? You have to see more than the fairy. Yes, but yes. To to Vinny's point, a, a dedicated trailer on it. I just I don't see it, so I'm gonna disagree on that one. Next prediction, Vinny. Okay, so spoke about this before, but with um Microsoft acquisition of Zenimax Studios, obviously the talk over last year, finally set in stone as of a couple of months ago. I'm gonna see a I want to see a new game coming out of Bethesda. I don't know which like developer, but it's going to be a new IP. And we're going to see a trailer, teaser for it. Sure. New IP announced by Bethesda Studios, right? Sorry, yes. I, I cut out there. Yeah? yeah? Yeah. Sean? It's a lot of, that's a lot of studios. Well, Bethesda Studios is... I'll give my thoughts on it first. The reason I'm going to disagree is Bethesda Studios is working on Starfield, right? And they haven't got that game out. So I don't think they're going to announce anything new. Starfield is the new IP. That's on a new announce. Like as in Vinny's prediction is a new IP that we haven't seen, right? I, I don't think they're working on two games. <laughs> we saw like they can barely work on one. Let's just get the first one out first before we worry about a new IP. I think we're, I think we're more likely to see footage from Starfield mm. because that that's so Starfield is the newest IP from Bethesda studios in 25 years. Yes. First new IP in 25 years. That's yep. huge. Um, I don't think they'll hit right off the bat with another one. It's been 25 years. Now we're bringing a second one. <laughs> uh, yeah. I think it might be too soon. Microsoft might, have a say later on, but I, I think it is too soon. Well, to Vinny's point, it is just a new announcement. So Microsoft could step in and say, no, 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 we want a logo on the screen, but I just don't see it. Like, did you want to change that one to like, you know, game, like uh, an actual trailer for Starfield or gameplay for Starfield or something? I've got that on one of mine. That's all. No, I'm, I'm okay. okay. I'm okay right. with that. Okay. Back right. yourself. Back yourself. It's only a pizza at the end of the day. Uh, perfect. Oh, sorry. Last prediction. <laughs> uh, okay. So my last prediction is uh, perfect dark trailer. Um, so a tra the teaser trailer was revealed at the Game Awards in December. Um, I'm hoping we'll see another trailer. Uh, we haven't heard or seen anything over the last six months. I feel like it's going to be... I'm kind of reminiscing this is going to be like Xbox's nostalgia year, trying to showcase everything from their times of old. You know, I'm thinking Halo... Um, fable and then a perfect dark so 
it's uh, trying to get some of the old fanboys back over going to yeah be like hey we we still exist sorry about that generation before we had nothing but now we got like all the good stuff again please come and hang out with us that's where I think they're going. So um, that's why I'm. That's why I want to see them push, like that nostalgia, file because they they did so many, not really Xbox, but it was um, Dometric wronged a lot of people. Mm. <laughs> um, I love how you go with your heart, Vinny. You really all your predictions are just yeah, straight from the heart. Straight it's, from the heart. It's what I want. It's not what mm. I think will happen. I thought. Uh, okay. Yeah, yeah, but like, <laughs> like, 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 I, I think there's a chance. There's a Sorry, chance. Sean, we're getting a free pizza. <laughs> there's a chance i think those i think two out of three of those things are highly plausible mm. um the bethesda that was my spicy one because we wanted some spice in this but mm. yeah perfect dark is what i think we'll see another cinematic trailer more showcasing the overall story of the game again what do you guys think josh i I think this falls into the Fable camp. I think they announced this one early because they needed to announce something, and I don't think it's in a position to show. They could kind of do an extended cinematic trailer and, and show that again, but I think they got to be careful, right, because they don't want to... If they show two cinematic trailers, people are going to be like, well, where's the gameplay? That's that's the story that will happen. It's probably nearly... Yeah, it's nearly better to not show anything, and at least that gives them something to show next year or something. So I, I'm going to land where I land landed on fable i just don't think the timing's right on it i think microsoft are really going to focus on the next six months or the next kind of you know quarter or whatever i don't think they want to go here's what's coming in 2023 for instance so i'm going to say a no to that yeah i'm in the same boat i'm i'm thinking either like perfect dark's either a next year or it's a 2023 and as much as we can see that sort of stuff in e3 and trust me, I would love to see some more footage of, of Perfect Dark. I want to see something. Come on, initiative, show us something. But I just feel like, yeah, it's not quite right. Like, I think we've also got to keep in mind with these, with with this E3. Like, this is this is E3 after COVID, where that's so like that. So that's like development is stalled on a lot of games and all that. And so whenever we thought, if we thought that games were going to come out maybe late this year, chances are it's probably not going to be till early next year or. or you know, even early 2023. Yeah. So I think with a, with a lot of these unannounced games or games that have shown a little amount, we've kind of got to push that timeline back maybe another six, 12 months. Yeah. It's like God of War Ragnarok 2021. No, it's not. <laughs> yeah, it's not happening. It's not happening. happening. If that. Um, so I would say no. No. I, I want it to happen. Like I am with you on all three of these, but I don't think that they will happen. Our hearts with you, Vinny. Yeah, our hearts Heart. with you. Not our, not our minds. Although Josh is going to show us what my mind is best for, and that's oh, sorry, Josh. That's okay. All right. So these are my three predictions for E3 Microsoft press conference. Again, incorporating uh, Bethesda as well. But I'll start with the probably the most obvious one, and that was Forza Horizon Five being announced and not being set in Japan. So the rumors are it's you know definitely in the works. This is the longest they've gone without having a Forza game. But I guess my idea was. It's coming, um, but a lot of the rumors were Japan and a lot of rumors weren't Japan. It's kind of up in the air, but I'm, I'm going to put the foot down and say it's not Japan. Probably my most obvious of all my predictions. Vinny, do you agree, disagree? Um, I agree that it's not going to be Japan. That's yep. easy, judging by what recent information has come in over the last 24 hours. I'm going to... Will it be announced? Yes. 
Yes, I'll put that in there, 405 announced, just in case. Sean, what about you? Yes, I do think that we will see Forza Horizon 5. Um, I think I I think, sorry? No, just because I'm typing really weird. I wrote announced instead of announced, but I think we get the point. (laughs) Uh, Over the, um, like over the last 24 hours, we've, we've heard rumors of Mexico, um, Mm. Would be nice. I think that'd be cool. But uh, look, we we don't have too much information, and I reckon E3 will see it. Yeah, yeah. All right. My second prediction. I'm going to jump to my third one because I'll leave the spice for last. But I think we're going to see a full-on, in-depth gameplay reveal of Star De- uh, Starfield, um, and it will be launching sooner than we think. So I think a lot of people are like, "When's this game coming out?" It's been announced for years. I think in the next 12 months, the game will be out. The reason I didn't put that on there is because we might not get that information. It might come out later, as in they might not give a release date, but then the game does come out in 12 months. So the formal prediction is Starfield Deep Dive. So I'm talking gameplay, like live, live gameplay in quotes, and it's launching a lot sooner than we think. Yeah, and how soon are we talking? In the next 12 months. So in the next 12 months. So yes. by June 2022, it will yep. be out. It will be out. Okay. I agree with the fact that it will be out in the next 12 months. I'm not sure we'll get gameplay. I think we'll get an actual trailer first because we don't have that yet. <laughs> I reckon we'll get both. I reckon it'll be so, like a massive showcase. Oh, yeah. I think it'll be like a trailer and then it cuts and then it's in gameplay. You're like, oh, shit. Yeah. That. yeah. Like, I'll, I'm saying yes overall, but, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit hesitant about the um, gameplay. The game- all right, yeah, for the main yeah. counters, I'll say this. It won't just be a trailer. So they're not yeah. going to just show a trailer and then that's all you see from it. It will be extended. Uh, see, now I agree with half of it and I disagree with the other half. <laughs> Gee, you made it two points. You should have made it one. All right. No, um, I'll agree. I'll agree. You'll agree? Vinny. Risk it for the biscuit. Yeah, I agree. Exactly. Uh, I'm, I'm never going to win with these things, so I'm just going to... I'm going to ride. <laughs> Just agree ride with us. <laughs> All right. Final prediction. This is the spice. Ubisoft Plus comes to Game Pass. Whoa. Now, EA has, you know, partnered up with, with Xbox. Now, I've just said Ubisoft Plus comes to Game Pass, and I've left it at that because I'm not in a position to say how that will look because I don't know how... I don't know how that will work, right? It, it, it could be one or two things, and this is just me talking off the cuff, not part of the prediction. Like, it could be, like, what Disney have. They've got, obviously, Disney Plus, but then there's that premium service on top of that type thing. What's, what's that? You pay, like, 40 bucks to watch the film once. Or you... you oh, don't they that. have, like, a premiere, Disney premiere or something? Yeah, they had it. Paying, like, 30, 40 bucks to, to then watch okay. that. But what I'm thinking it may be... Yeah, what I'm thinking it may be, and this is, again, not part of the prediction, but just some context of where my mind was thinking. you got Game Pass, say, it's $15 a month. I think Ubisoft Plus is $15 a month. They may do, you know, a combined thing where it's like twenty dollars, so you save ten dollars and you get that. I, I just don't know if they will just incorporate it as part of that because I don't see Ubisoft really doing that because there's a lot of money on the table with Ubisoft titles more than probably any of the others. So my formal prediction is, in one way or another, Ubisoft Plus will come to Game Pass and will be announced this year. I'm going to say no. I feel like it's too much. It's it's too weird of workaround. Too much. Too much. It's 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 too weird of workaround to how they're gonna get it. Are they gonna have, make it only um, on Xbox Game Pass yeah. for console? Or are they gonna do it for like not have it, um, 
plus not for PC, only for console? Are they going to do it on mobile, PC, and not console? Like, I feel like, are they going to do it all across the board? I feel like there's too many scenarios and they've, if it's something new in the pipeline, it's going to be too hard of a workaround right now. I think it's plausible, but not this year. Good points. Sean, what about you? I don't think it's going to happen. Um, there's already a large catalog of Ubisoft games available on Game Pass and through Games with Gold as well. So that back catalog is basically already taken. And then when you want to factor in that you want to create another pricing point for Game Pass when they've already tried to simplify Game Pass and Gold subscription into Game Pass Ultimate. So the fact that they've tr- already consolidated everything and now... That's not part of the prediction, but to keep that in mind in your thought process, like the prediction is Ubisoft Plus comes to Game Pass. Yeah, and yeah. And, yeah. okay. So that would imply that there would be extra costs because there, there is no other agreement that they've already had prior was EA access was already available on Xbox for $39.99 Australian a a year Mm -hmm. and that covered everything. And so 40 bucks a year and they're like, look, we'll just absorb that and we'll put it all together. And so that, that made sense. Whereas with Ubisoft coming in free flowing and there could be price change or not, but like, even still, like, what are you going to have? You're going to have the Assassin's Creed games, Tom Clancy, Far Cry, well, they've already got half of those already as part of all their services. There'd be no incentive for Ubisoft to even get into bed with them. So I don't think it's going to happen. All fair points. Well, the die has been cast. Predictions have been made. Uh, We'll keep track. Uh, We'll follow this up next week. I think we'll probably do Nintendo next week uh, and then finish up with Sony. But, yeah, there have been our three predictions each. So we'll continue, again, to track that as we get closer to E3. Are you guys excited to eat for E3 this year? Obviously, we missed it last year. Like, are you guys keen to jump back on that E3 wagon, Sean? Like, the biggest hype that I'm seeing that's coming up to E3 is what are the big games that we're going to be excited for that are going to come out in the second half of the year? We didn't get that this, like, this, the first half of the year. We didn't really get it when the consoles came out. Like, we were all hyped for the consoles and it was all different. But that's all we've got at the moment. We've got consoles with no games to play on them. Well, except mm. records. Like, there are no games to play on them. So that's the push. And I'm hoping to see some big titles being announced for that holiday season. Finn? Mm. I mean, definitely getting excited about E3 is more of a Josh <laughs> thing than a, than of anything. You know me, I'm hardly ever excited. Um, but I'd be keen to watch it. For sure, but I wouldn't say excited, not the right word. Mm. You're as excited as you usually are for press conferences. Exactly. Yeah. So moderately amused at best. At best. You watch the highlights. Watch the highlights, yeah. Exactly. And for me, I, I'm I'm excited. I, I just miss it. I love E3. So hopefully it's it's hopefully we get that package, everyone's at the same times and I don't have to you know, I can take my days off work, hopefully, and, and watch it all. So um yeah, I'm excited. And plus Greg Miller's hosting it this year, which is interesting. So there's all that. But uh, that's pretty much it for the episode. So thank you for everyone that's watching live uh, in the chat or listening to us on podcast feeds. So if you are, don't forget to check us out live every Thursday at 7.30. Uh, we also have a YouTube channel where all the videos will go up as well, plus any of the breakouts or any of our individual videos that we decide to make throughout the week. Uh, I guess some final housekeeping Tomorrow, Returnal comes out for PS5, and we do get the new Pokemon Snap game releasing on Switch. And there is a PlayStation State of Play, uh, I think, 6.30 tomorrow morning. So 
and that's all about Ratchet and Clank, yeah. I guess, Eternal as well. So just keep an eye out for that. We'll probably talk about it next week. But that has been episode 50 of Busy Playing Something. I've been your host for this evening, Joshua LaRosa, joined, as always, by He Only Plays Everything, Sean Harron. Yes. Got the name right this time. And the producer, Vincent Cadello. That's me. Vinny, you want to close this out? May the power protect you. Goodbye. Peter, you can't believe everything you read on the internet. Oh, it's all perfectly legal. Oh my God, okay, it's happening. Everybody stay calm. Do you ever just get down on your knees and thank God that you know me and have access to my dementia? Behold my greatest creation, Mac.